Why wait until Friday to start your weekend? Go ahead, start right now. You're thirsty now, and 93.7 The Ticket is here to help you stock up. Just in time for the weekend when I like to hit the clubs. Time to broaden your horizons and try some new wine and beer. It's Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer from Meyer's Cork and Bottle. <laughs> that, was, that was weak. That was, I, I was trying to make a cork pop sound with my mouth because I've got a screw cap here. And oh, there we go. I still yeah, that's like a good way screw cap. What I was trying to do was go. <laughs> still didn't work. There we that's go. That's a good one. Screw caps actually got a pretty good uh, some audio to it too. It's kind of like cracking your knuckles. <laughs> it's not too bad. Hey, it's Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle, and it is Thirsty Thursday. It's one of our favorite segments here on the block. Again, uh, Strick is uh, off getting some wheels, so uh, he will uh, he'll be joining us here. Maybe momentarily. I think he's, he's playing on for the second part of the show, the second hour. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, sorry for him, I guess, because we're doing Thirsty Thursdays without him with Kevin Meyer. Kevin, how was the Snoop Dogg concert last night? I know you were staying up late uh, partying out there at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Really? No, I don't know that. I'm not no, sure. I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was uh, I was horizontal by the time Snoop Dogg even took the stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I did play golf cool. yesterday, though, which was it, it felt so nice to be outside and not getting blown away by 100 mile an hour winds all the time. So uh, I, I did uh, extend the enjoyment after the golf game onto my deck and grilled up some kebabs and drank some wine and hung out with my wife. It was a good evening. So. Yeah, that sounds just as good as going to a Snoop Dogg concert. Kebabs are always uh, really good. I wanted to get your opinions on Blockbuster before we uh, <laughs> before we get going. We just uh, got done talking about. It. Do you miss Blockbuster? Uh, not really. <laughs> um, you know, but see, I, I'll do you one better because I I'm a lot older than you guys. I, I'm fifty, and so I can remember when you would go to the video stores even before Blockbuster was a thing, and you would rent the actual VHS player. And oh, that, wow. And wow. so and it came in this big, heavy case and these things weighed like 60 pounds and you'd have to lug that thing home <laughs> and you'd rent it for the weekend and then you'd rent your movies on top of that. And um, and that was back when VHS and Betamax were, f- you know, fighting Beauty. against each other and de- de- pre- trying to determine which one was going to win. Ultimately, uh, VHS did win, although I think Betamax was a better product because the tapes were smaller. But yeah. anyway, but then they also had laser discs. Do you remember? Do you know what a laser disc is? Not necessarily. No. So it was about the size of a record album, like oh, a, nice. a legit record one. album, and it was probably about half an inch thick. And you just shoved this whole thing into the front of a of a of a player, and that's what you watch your movie on. It was it was wild. Wow, <laughs> that is very cool. So, uh, but you know, it's it the technology just breeds more technology, and and you know, it's so advanced now that we, I mean, we can't even begin to comprehend the where the technology actually is because it's so far advanced there's there isn't a, a consumer application for it because we just wouldn't have the knowledge to be able to use it properly or the yeah. infrastructure mm-hmm. so it's just crazy what what is already available that we don't even know we so. just uh, we benefit off of the uh, the the ex- explorations of other humans before us basically if you sent us back in time and asked us to make a vhs player how far do you think you would get with that? Like, like the you know, I'm not even talking about pressing a button and streaming. I'm talking just make a VHS player, which is uh, pretty old. Well, like a you know tape player, we we had those. So you, you think know. you could put it together? Oh no no <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. But, well, probably it's, not. yeah, it's it's funny because uh, there's this uh, uh, Jeff Bargatze, I think his name is. He's a he's a comedian, and uh, he was like, I could go back in the past, like 50 years. 
and still probably not do any better than what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they'd say like, you know, well, that's easy. Just do it off the satellite. And they'd be like, what's a satellite? And he's like, eh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How does that work? That. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it should be done by now. Uh, what, are we, what are we drinking here? We're starting with some wine. And, uh, yeah. That's pretty good. Sticking with the theme of willing spring into existence, we are going to have some rosé all day. And it is a rosé wine from France. And what makes a rosé wine a rosé is that it's a... Red wine grape, but they just don't allow much skin contact after they do the crush, and so it turns it lightly pink. And uh, they're crisp, clean, light, refreshing. They have fresh strawberry overnotes to them. They're not sweet wines. They're dry, but this is the quintessential spring patio wine. Um, This is what your uh, wives and girlfriends all get silly on, uh, you know, (laughs) when they get together. Um, And so I just figured... You know, let's will spring into existence and see if we can like drink away the wind. I, I just I want to drink away yeah. the wind, and oh uh, gosh, so we can yeah. spend some time outdoors. Let me ask you this then, Kevin: Why is it that moms love rosé? Because this is what my my mom almost exclusively drinks rosé. I'm guessing it's probably the color. Okay, they like the color. Interesting. And wow. uh, so, you know, because they're light pink, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. You drink it uh, nice and chilled. Um, it's just a, a, a crushable style of wine that uh, is really, really popular these days. And historically, when we saw pink wine, we would automatically think sweet, like white Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. But within the past five years, dry rosé have become super, super popular. Everyone's making one. And uh, these are on the shelf for 12 bucks. It's Holy just smokes. springtime in a glass. Great to get for your mom. Yep. Uh, great. Yeah. For Mother's Day. Mother's Day is in May 8th. Yeah. Pick up uh, a nice bottle of rosé for mom. Speaking of mom and picking up wine, it's also the last week of our spring wine sale. So oh. if you want to take advantage of that, it ends Sunday. So get on down and... Uh, uh, we've got 125 different wines at our deepest deals of 2022, and and it's a good time to go wine shopping. Yeah, absolutely. Always a good time to stop by uh, Myers Cork and Bottles, especially if there's a deal going on. And uh, absolutely, yeah. So this one uh, around 12 bucks, very uh, like n- not at all bitter at all. You know, easy to go down, light, crisp, very cre- clean. Um, like I said, it has some sort of like fresh fruit notes without being sweet, mm-hmm. um, and like it, it just springtime in a glass is all I can say. Uh, Kevin, we have a question for you on the text line. Jeremy asks, "Hey, Kevin, do you how do you classify rosés and blushes differently?" Uh, they're really the same thing. Two words for the same thing. Uh, blush just has to do with the color. Rosé is uh, essentially a, a wine made of red grapes, where the skins are not allowed to macerate. Okay. And uh, and so uh, it infuses just a little bit of tannin, a little bit of color, and then the skins are separated. Now, if the if the skins were allowed to stay and macerate with the juice after the crush, then it would turn the wine red and end up making a red wine. And so it's sort of the best hybrid of both a red and a white. So it's like a white wine made from red grapes. That's delicious. Yeah. I already finished mine. So. Oh, you did already finish yours. I'm yeah. a little bit behind. I better, right. better chug mine here. Box of cheap date. We know that. Right. Box just needs one glass. And there's more. So. Oh, yeah. 
Ah, delicious. That's stuff. very very. Shall good. we move on to the beer? We're, Absolutely. Yeah, let's move on to the beer. There's a, there's a uh, what is that? A giraffe looking at me over here on the cover of that beer. So it looks uh, looks pretty cool. I'm a big, Speaking of big the Lincoln of Children's Zoo, uh, give them a little bit of a plug. They have two new baby giraffes. So oh, do they? That might be why they're trying to raise some money. So this is uh, a collaboration between the Lincoln Children's Zoo and uh, Imperian Imperian Brewing right here in good old Lincoln, and it is a uh, what they call their Zoo Zookeeper Limited uh, c- collection. And it's a Kolsch-style ale, which is basically a, a German-style lager uh, with lemon. And so, again, sticking with the theme of willing spring into existence, <laughs> just light, crisp, lemony, refreshing, poundable, crushable, and not to mention um, a portion of the proceeds benefit the Lincoln Children's Zoo. Yeah. And what's cooler than going to the zoo? Yeah, absolutely. Especially baby giraffes. Come on. <laughs> they do. I, they have baby giraffes. I think they're up to seven giraffes. I'm not entirely wow. sure. But this is... Uh, I'm trying to think what I would compare this to. Maybe like a, a shandy, like a summer shandy. It is. I mean, it, it, the thing I like about this is that it's a natural lemon taste. It's not like a lemonade taste. That's a good where point. Where it's sugary. Right. Yep. So it, it gives it a little bit of that tartness, enough to make it refreshing, but not enough to make it sour. And um, just, like I said, crisp, clean, crushable. Again, spring and summertime in a glass. And uh, also helps our good friends at the uh, Lincoln Zoo. So. Now, have you ever been a guy to collect cans? Because this is one of those, like, after I drink it, I'd probably keep the can. Just because it looks so cool. Only when I would le- was a kid and, you know, we'd keep them and crush them and then take them in the recycler. Oh, yeah. and get oh right, 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 right. Take, like, 500 pounds of cans and they'd give you, like, 12 bucks. Can you yeah. still do that? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Try and do can, that. can you still cash in cans? I s- I see people collecting cans from time to time, so okay, I think so. I, I think there's a reason behind it. I, I imagine know. you can. I don't know what... You don't. Uh, you don't make a whole lot, though, is the problem. I, yeah. I did do it uh, you know, once and then never again. <laughs> <laughs> you use it to get more beer. Right. That's the goal. Well, back in the day, you had returnable bottles. And so you would buy a case of beer and you put a deposit on that of like two bucks. And the, the case of beer maybe ran you five or six. And the Jeez. bottles were returnable. So you would take back your empty case of bottles and then they would replace it with a case of full bottles, but you didn't have to pay the deposit oh, once you brought the, oh, the, really? the bottles back. Yeah, kind of like a keg, kind of like a keg. And so they would they would, <laughs> literally, uh, they would wash them out, yeah. wash them out, reuse them, and uh, and that's how you know. And so I mean, you know, we like to think that uh, you know we're we're green and doing you know we're recycling and conscious about all that stuff. Reusing the stuff back in the seventies was way more efficient than what we do now. But people got you know tired of of having to take the bottles back. I, soda pop was the same way. You would huh. my my mom would buy. Uh, they came in eight packs, and they were uh, glass bottles that were returnable, and 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 they would wash them and reuse them. Would this just be at like breweries, or they just had like a no no your your liquor store would have returnable bottles. So huh. I, I remember when I first started at Myers Cork and Bottle was nineteen ninety, and this was as the returnable bottles were like very at their tail end. But we still had a handful of customers that always wanted their case of, usually it was old Milwaukee nice. um, in the returnable bottles. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it, and it, they were heavy. Like a, a case of empty mm-hmm. bottles probably weighed, you know, 10, 12 pounds. And so you imagine when they're full, you know, it was probably a 25-pound <laughs> case of beer. Okay, so this is coming from a person that just turned 21 and, and not a wine dr- <laughs> not an avid wine drinker. So going back to the wine for a moment, Seeing you screw the top on made me think of this question: Why do why do you choose a screw top as a wine like distributor or whatever? Why do you choose a screw top instead of a cork? What's the difference? What do they do? Um, 
does it talk like does it does it show off any of the qual- like quality of wine if it's a cork compared to a screw top? Well, historically, before now, like say our par- parents' generation. Yeah. Um, of course, I'm old enough to be your dad, so my parents. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to say that. You don't have to say that. that's okay. Um, so, back in like the 60s and 70s, there was a thing where good wine came with a cork, bad okay. wine came with a screw cap. Yeah. So your bad wine was your Ernest and Julio Gallo jugs. Your good wine was you know whatever your good wine was. Well, the only purpose of the cork is to provide a seal. That's it. And so. Industry-wide, they estimate that they lose up to 2% due to faulty cork, that it leaks, mm-hmm. it doesn't provide a seal, doesn't do its okay. job. Mm-hmm. They also say that up to 35 40% of the wine you have with a cork cork is affected by a bacteria. It's called TCA. And it has a aroma and taste of, like, your grandmother's wet basement. It's very musty. Musty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 once you learn to detect TCA in your wine, it sticks out like blood in the water. I mean, it's just oh, interesting. And so producers, I mean, can you imagine Coke or Pepsi or Budweiser, you know, losing two percent of their product because the can didn't work or the bottle didn't work? Yeah. I mean, they'd spend a billion dollars to come up with something that did. Well, so so the hardest part was just getting over that mental hurdle of bad wine came with a screw cap, good wine came with exactly. a cork. Now I would say. At least fifty to sixty percent of the wines we carry, even on the high end stuff, comes with a screw cap. Interesting. And so um, it's just more reliable, and uh, but it's also a lot less sexy. You don't get the cool (laughs) tool that you get to use. That's the thing. The cool noise. You know, I mean, there's something about the romance of opening a bottle of wine with a cork and your cork puller that adds to the experience. And so it's not going to go away, but at the same time. it's an inferior way of okay. closing the bottle. And how it came about was back then they didn't have glass bottles. Um, the jugs were made of ceramic, like clay. And so they didn't have the technology to put these threads on there and, and put a screw. So yep. they took the bark out of a soft oak tree and they just shoved it in the top and it worked like a stopper. And, and that was, you know, sort oh. of, you know, uh, what is the necessity of the, the mother of invention? Necessity is the mother of invention. So they needed a way to enclose the container and that's what they had. And then, obviously, the process gets uh, refined over the years, and, and that's how it all came about. Okay. Is there, like, a primary cork producer, or is this a, does it come all, is there, like, a, you know, like the big Coke or big cork brands? I'm sure there is, like, a, you know, like a big cork company. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful. They're, like, worried about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, see that? I, yeah. That's Saturday Night <laughs> Live skit, you know. <laughs> you, I come from a long line of cork soakers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, have you ever seen that SNL skit? Uh, I think I've, I think I have, but I that, don't remember right away. Janet Jackson's, in, it's, it's hilarious. That, <laughs> Basically, they're in Italy, and they're like, hey, I've been soaking cork for my whole life. <laughs> my mom soaked cork. Oh, man. My grandmother soaked cork. <laughs> so, awesome. That is dangerous. I even had a little slip. <laughs> yeah. That's but, right. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure there are big cork companies. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, no, I, I can't name one. Yeah. I, I also might, you know dissuade anyone from searching yeah yes. exactly <laughs> that no that's that's actually really cool because I, I like they're like you said there's that stereotype that fan better wine comes with a cork and and less expensive cheap wine comes with with just a screw top so it's that mental block that you were so saying. so you sort of still possess that in in your psyche that you yeah know, okay so and i mean i understand it and 
which I will I will be the first to say that the rosé all day really really good. Like that's one that I would oh, buy. Yeah. Like he he hit it on the head. Like and it was awesome. And it's you know it's nice because you put the the cat back on it. You can throw it back in the cooler. You can lay it down mm-hmm. in the fridge uh, with that cork. You know you got to shove it back in there. And and sometimes even if you you lay it down, uh, it leaks. And then it's tough to get back out of there without reusing exactly. the cork puller. I find that I end up using my teeth to you know to get <laughs> yeah. to pull it back out of the fridge. So especially with a wine like this, it's chilled or a wine you want to put in the cooler or or whatnot it's just more convenient all right or just finish the whole bottle you can do that too <laughs> there you go but it's still <laughs> nice to friends. be able to keep it cold exactly you know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? awesome. like just taking rosé to the dome and it's about 90 <laughs> pull right out of done. the bottle just, yeah eh, why not you don't need glass that's awesome. All right. Well, unfortunately, we are we're getting up against it, but uh, Kevin Meyer of Myers Cork and Bar always stops in for Thirsty Thursdays. Remind us one more time what we drank today and what's going on at the store. We have rosé all day for 12 bucks. We also have uh, the collaboration between the Lincoln Children's Zoo and Empyrean Ales called their Zookeeper, and awesome. it is a yeah. uh, lemon Kolsch-style ale. And, uh, and spring wine sale ends Sunday, so if you want to save some dough on a good bottle of wine, come see us. And uh, we'll take good care of you. Absolutely. Again, he's Kevin Meyer of Myers Cork and Bottle, and this has been Thirsty Thursday. Uh, Eric Strickland will be joining us around the corner, I believe, at the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, but we still have to give $15 away to Buffalo Wings and Rings. So uh, we'll figure out a way to do that. So be prepared to call in. That's coming up next year on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.